Well, as we enter into the new year, January is named after the Roman god Janus. In all pictures, Janus is portrayed with two faces. One is looking to the past. One is looking to the future. And so that's what January is, the time to stop and look at the year behind us. Think about the year that lies before us. Important to keep in mind what Tony Robbins said. It's not what we get, but who we become and what we contribute that gives meaning to life. You know, Madeline Murray O'Hare, probably the most famous atheist in U.S. history, she uh, died, she was murdered in 1995, but as I've said before, nobody lives in a vacuum. So let's take a look at her life here for just a, a moment. Again, this idea that it's, it's not what we get, it's who you become and, and what you contribute that gives meaning to life. And so Madeline Murray O'Hare, of course, famous for getting Bible reading removed from school back in the 1960s but again she did not live in a vacuum she was an incredibly angry and violent person so her atheism was born out of a lot of hatred she was violent with her parents she was violent with her children she went through multiple husbands she just was incredibly unhappy her son that she used to to go to court to get bible reading removed from school he was 14 at that time this is him today his name is william murray well what happened to that son now madeline murray o'hare again she was a violent person she hired a lot of felons because she was also a thief and one day a deal went bad between her one of these felons and he took her life but what happened to William Murray, the son of Madeline Murray O'Hare? You know, he shared his mother stole huge amounts of money. She misused trust of people. She cheated children of their parents' inheritance. She cheated on her taxes. She stole from her own organization. Well, what happened to William Murray? He went into a, a, a depression and anger and upset and so he traveled around just uh, trying to find something that mattered in life but you know he grew up with this angry mom he's now known as the person used to get bible reading taken out of schools you know he was filled with just anger and, and unrest it became an alcoholic and you know he had a lot of struggles and lost custody of his child what do you think happened to William Murray today? You know, 3 John chapter 1, verse 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things. This is John, the, the close apostle to Jesus. And he says, I wish above all things. He's writing to the church. That means he's writing to you, to me. What do you think he wishes above all things for your life, for my life? You know, Pascal, you go back into the 1600s, he's famous for Pascal's wager, where he said, you know, there's a, a lot of evidence God exists. There's not much to say he doesn't exist. So he says, I'm going to put my faith in God that he does exist because it, it makes much more sense. And what he said then from that standpoint is that, you know, if he's right and God exists, He's gained everything, and if God doesn't exist, he still lived this wonderful life with love and compassion, and that's the wager that he came up with, that he would put his faith that God does exist. But Pascal himself wrestled with ill health, and he went through a lot of pain, but what did he do with that pain? What did he do with that just that disease that he wrestled with? Well, he gave away all his money to the poor. He gave his home to a homeless family. He decided to give and love and to share, even though he would die at a young age of this illness. But he was such a giver. But listen to what Pascal said. Faith, 
Faith is God felt by the heart. Faith is God felt by the heart. A great prayer to really stop and think about it and to pray is, God, I want to know you more, experience you more in my heart, not just as an intellectual exercise. So go back to William Murray, alcoholic for years, failed marriages, lost custody of his child. But here's what he shared. As he got older, you know, his mother had told him that atheism was the, the answer to the world because it was this thing that she taught was about being intellectual and being a rational thinker. And he said, you know, if atheism is so positive, then why is my mom the most miserable person on earth? So alcoholism and wrestling with depression, finally he went and began to search for answers. One day he met some Christians that said, you know, there's a way to, to beat alcohol. Why don't you go to an AA meeting? And so he went there and he shared this. He said, I saw some miraculous things people were able to accomplish with faith. Put his faith in Christ, set free from the alcoholism, and, you know, became this person. What does he do today? Well, he's been an evangelist for many, many years now, sharing his faith. Uh, again, it, it's what we become that makes all the difference in the world. So back to 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, Beloved, I wish above all things. What is John's wish? Here it is. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health as a soul prosperous. Doesn't matter. It doesn't mean we don't have challenges financially sometimes. Doesn't mean we don't have illness at times. But John says, here's what ought to be the mark of your life and to seek this free life that you prosper and be in health. That prosper doesn't just mean financially. It means prosper in all things. To say I prosper in building relationships. I, I prosper in reaching goals. Health doesn't just mean physical health. It's emotional health, psychological health, relationship health. You know, a lot of people have a, a gloom and doom attitude, but what does John say? That your life would prosper and be in health. And you and I step into this new year and say, Lord, where I'm not prospering or I don't have health, to focus in those areas in prayer and begin to say, Lord, let those places be changed so they look like you said that they're meant to look so that I prosper and I have health in all things. You know, we've been looking at Pilgrim's progress for a few weeks, and Pilgrim, you know, he's at House Beautiful at this point in the story, represents the church, and he's talking to different people inside House Beautiful, and one of those people, prudence or discipline, says to him, what makes you so desirous to go to Mount Zion? Remember, the story starts, and Pilgrim has this backpack, which represents his burden, his sin. Finally, he sees the cross. The backpack falls off. Now he's meeting believers. He's got this joy. He wants to go to Mount Zion. And Prudence says, why? Listen to Christian's response. There I hope to see him alive that did die on the tree. There they say there is no death. To tell you the truth, I love him because I was by him eased of my burden. Oh, to be there and cry, holy, holy, holy. What a great way to enter into the new year with that same thought. I hope to see him alive that did die on that tree, to know him daily in my life. You know, Elvis Presley was somebody that famously wrestled with depression. He wrestled with faith at one point, was a gospel singer, but he got caught up in drug addictions and multiple affairs and became this person wrestling, which is finding emotional peace. John Hagee shared that one day at the height of the career, 
of Elvis, he interviewed him in San Antonio. And here's what John Hagee said. Elvis had luxury cars. He had jets. He had applause. He had a telephone that was covered in gold. Yet I've never met a lonelier person. Again, it's not the things that we get. It's who we become. And if we're not becoming what we're meant to be in Christ, then it's time to say, listen, in this moment of January, looking to the year behind and looking to the year before me, what are the changes that need to happen in my life? Anything is possible. As Henry Ford said, there is no man living who is not capable of doing more than he thinks he can do. You and I are capable of incredible things if we just put our minds to it and focus on it. You know, in fact, here's something incredible about the human brain that, again, that you have, that I have, blessed by our creator. It's said by scientists that the human brain, the memory of the brain, could store the entire internet. Everything that you you could need to to reach your goals, to expand your life, to become a giver, to to live in Christ, you know, you have this incredible brain that you can do all these incredible things. And the question is, why don't people do more? As I've shared before, you know, someone once asked a, a coach, you know, if change is so easy, why don't more people do it? And he had a great response because it's easy not to change. And one of the things people do with that brain, unfortunately, they, they spend in the U.S. an average of nine hours a day watching TV. But again, this is the time to stop and say, I want to change those things and use this gift that God has given me so that I can expand and grow and give more, be more. In the story, Pilgrim's Progress, Christian, he's taken to the armory. Listen to what we're told there. There they read to him about saints from the past who subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight armies of men. Then they gave Christian swords, shield, helmet, breastplate, all prayer, shoes that would not wear out. They harnessed him from head to foot. Now he's got the, the spiritual armor on because he's about to need it in the story. You and I face a battle every day with the enemy, with the world, with sin, and we have to choose where am I going to stand in the moment-to-moment decisions of life. You know, John Hagee, he was speaking in a particular town, and Hagee's a, a pastor, evangelist, also a best-selling author, and, and so he's speaking in this town, and a reporter shows up to interview him. And they sit down and, you know, Hagee asked the interviewer about his faith and the reporter said, I'm an atheist. And he says, why would an atheist be sent to interview me, a pastor? And he said, well, I'm, I'm really good at, at uh, writing. And he said, well, why don't you believe in God? And what would it take for you to believe in God? And the reporter said, look, my wife and I, we've been trying to have children. We've been to doctors. We've had procedures. Nothing works. That's our greatest desire. You know, why would uh, God not let us to have that thing we want the most? And Hagee said, come tomorrow night and I'll pray for you and your wife. And surprisingly, this atheist reporter showed up the next day and Hagee prays for this man and his wife. Two years go by and he's back in that same town. He's, he's given another speech. There's a knock on his door and, and there's the reporter beside him and his wife. And with them are two twin babies. And as Hagee said, they had this joy on their faith, this on their face and the smile, this peace. 
Now, how many people, if they were approached by somebody that said, I'm an atheist, I can't have children, would just simply say, I'm sorry to hear that. You see, but the armor of God is there, so we take the actions. We step up in faith and boldly proclaim the promises of Christ. You know, it may be simply blessing somebody and then commanding healing for their body or their mind, their relationship, trusting that God is going to do the rest. You know, the armor here, you know, John Bunyan discusses great theology in Pilgrim's Progress. And this is one of the more important parts here to keep in mind as he shares this. What happens next in the story is Christian, he runs into Apollyon. Apollyon is the angel, the destroyer. Sometimes that's the term used for Satan. And so Christian runs into Apollyon. And Apollyon, we're told, is hideous. And Apollyon says, There's no prince that will lightly lose his subjects. What a great statement. You know, the Satan, he doesn't lightly lose people that convert in Christ. And he, he seeks to destroy them in their lives. We have that armor for a reason. Here's the next thing that happens. Christian says, I've given myself to another king. Apollyon says, turn and go back. And Christian says this. I love this statement. I like his service, his wages, his servants, his government, his company, his country better than mine. I'm a servant and I will follow him. But notice what happens next. So true for our lives as well. Apollyon says, Thou hast been unfaithful to him, and thou think to receive wages of him? So true. You know, we want to walk this life in Christ, and Satan comes along and says, after what you've done. But here's the promise, as Paul says, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Adolf Kors IV, when he was just 14 years old, his father the heir of the Coors fortune, he was kidnapped. And the kidnapping attempt turned violent and his attackers killed Adolf Coors III. Adolf Coors IV, again, just a teenager, he was filled with rage and bitterness and pain, understandably so. As he became an adult, he still had all this rage inside. He got married. His marriage was a mess. Emotionally, he was a wreck. 17 years, he carried around this just lack of peace, this rage, this anger, relationship in turmoil, spent money wildly trying to find some sense of peace. Finally, after 17 years, he said, this Christian couple sat down and they said, you can be free from that anger. He shared the gospel and Adolf Kors IV gave his life to Christ, became a, a, just a man now filled with peace and love. But he said this, my friend told me the deepest forgiveness happens face to face. I knew that I would need to sit down face to face with the man who stole everything from me. I needed to see Joseph Corbett. Corbett had been in prison for years for the murder of Adolf Kors' father. Adolf Kors decides he's going to go visit him in prison. Signs into the prison to see this man who refused then to actually see him. So Adolf Kors took out a Bible, wrote a note in it, and left it at the prison 
for Joseph Corbett. Here's what Adolf Kors wrote in that Bible. I'm here today to ask for your forgiveness. For the hatred I've had in my heart for you. I forgive you for what you've done to my family. I hope someday to sit down with you and share with you the joy that I have found in Christ. It's not what you get. It's who you become. That's what makes meaning in life. When Christian encountered Apollyon, we're told next, he knew he had no armor for his back. So he determined to stand his ground. It's a great study in theology. If you study Ephesians 6 with the armor of God, there's a breastplate of righteousness and there's a shield of faith, but there's no armor for the back because we're not meant to run and flee. We're not meant to turn around in fear and go back. We're meant to face life and face the enemy and face challenges with confidence. There's no armor for the back. So we stand our ground with boldness, forgiving, loving, making the sacrifices, standing up for Christ. Listen to what happens next in the story. Apollyon says, I'm an enemy of this prince. I am come to withstand thee. And with that, Apollyon threw a flaming dart at his chest, wounded him in his head, his hand, and foot. Apollyon reached for one final blow to make an end to the good man. But Christian grabbed his sword and said, Rejoice not against me, mine enemy, for when I fall, I shall rise. In all things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And with that, Apollyon sped away, and Christian saw him no more. You know, a few years ago, Christopher Hitchens became probably the, the most popular atheist in modern day history, wrote best-selling books about his atheist beliefs, claiming there is no God, was well known in, in this country and in England. At the height of his career, he was diagnosed with a very aggressive cancer and he died a few months later at the height of his career. He trusted one doctor who was a Christian. He trusted one man to drive him back and forth to his medical appointments. That man was Larry Taunton. Larry Taunton, also a believer. And Larry would share that he would talk to Hitchens each day on these drives. They'd talk about God. They'd talk about the Bible. He'd be honest about his faith. Hitchens would be honest about his atheism. When Hitchens died, Larry Taunton wrote a book about those conversations. Some atheists were upset. They said, don't write a book with Hitchens talking about faith when he was a, a firm atheist. Larry Totten said this, though. I didn't need Christopher's conversion to feel good about myself or to reinforce my faith in the claims of Jesus Christ. I never doubted them. No, it was about the struggle for his soul because I believed the words, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. It's January, looking back at the year behind us, looking to the year before us, to stop and say, you know what? Scripture says that I'm to prosper and be in health in all things. And if I've not been where I, I need to be, this is the time to make those changes. It's not what you get, it's who you become, it's what you give, it's what you contribute that gives meaning to life. 
So I close here today with, with a beautiful story from John Hagee for anybody who maybe has not been on the path they know they should be on. As Hagee shares, there was a young man went to prison for eight long years. When he got out, he sent a letter to home, said to his mom and his dad in the letter, I'm going to be on a train. It's going to go past the farm. If I'm welcome home, tie a white ribbon to the tree. If there's no ribbon on the tree, I'll know I'm not welcome. So I won't get off the train. I'll just keep going and start a new life somewhere else. So as the train approached the farm, the young man asked the person next to him to look out the window for him. And he said, would you tell me if you see a ribbon tied to a tree? Looking out the window, the man replied, no, I don't see a ribbon. I see hundreds of ribbons tied to the fence, the clothesline, to the porch, to every branch in the tree. What does it mean? To which the young man replied, it means I'm going home. What a beautiful picture of grace that at any moment you and I can simply say, I'm going home. I'm going back to, to where I know that I'm meant to be. If it means starting over, it means starting over. But it's about who we become, what we contribute, what we give. It's about, as Christian says, there I hope to see him alive that did die on the tree. There they say there is no death. And to tell the truth, I love him because I was by him eased of my burden. Oh, to be there and cry, holy, holy, holy. And we stop and think about this year that lies before us. Maybe some new decisions that need to be made. Some new choices we need to make. New prayers we need to pray. New spiritual disciplines we need to embrace. Maybe it's a phone call that needs to be made. Whatever it is that we simply say, I want to be home. Walking in the light. As he is in the light. And I'd prosper and be in health. Just as my soul prospers.